This is Gospel Kennison. Hi, how you doing? This is James Kennison, and you are listening to the Gospel of Kennison, the uh, official audio journal of me, James, as I've said already. Uh, thank you for joining us, and and I'm, today I'm going to talk about dogs. Dogs are um, popular. A lot of people like them. And so that's what I'm going to talk about. This episode is uh, sponsored by you, you patrons. Thank you so much for your gifts and your contributions. If you would like to support this program, you can do so at patreon.com slash GOK. And um, that would be really rad and awesome. So um, for those of you that are patrons, uh, know this. I just got through ordering a bunch of GOK stickers with the show art from the show. And um, they're going to be really cool. And I'm going to send them to you patrons for free because you're awesome. Um, so I'm talking about dogs and this is episode 89 and I just hit record and I just want to talk about dogs. Okay. I'm going to talk about a lot of things about dogs. Uh, the first thing I will talk about is that when uh, the first dog I remember owning, they were named Little Bit and Lulu, and they were poodles, and they were my mom's, and she had them apparently before she had us, and they died. That's all I remember about Little Bit and Lulu. I think they were gray poodles, and that they had curly hair, and you, yeah, so we couldn't play with them. Like, I think because they were old. All right. The next two dogs that I remember are uh, one was called George and the other one was called Tootie. And Tootie was old as well. It was my grandma's dog. And Tootie was a dog that you weren't allowed to pet. And my young mind could not comprehend that. That dogs, a dog that they literally said that it hurts the dog if we pet it. And I believed it because the dog vibrated all the time. It, it looked like it was always very cold to me. Like it was a coldish kind of dog and it needed to be picked up and carried and warmed um, in, in a loving embrace. But apparently it wasn't cold. It, it just had, I don't know, maybe just standing seizures. Is that a thing where you walk around and have a seizure all the time? Or maybe he was just old. I don't know. But his teeth were falling out. They said he was half blind. And I remember thinking as a kid, I mean, I, I don't know if we just lean one way or the other and we're just born leaning one way or the other. But I remember thinking this dog should die. <laughs> should be, should, <laughs> it shouldn't be alive. If it hurts to live, it shouldn't be alive. And um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of putting down dogs that, that, that are hurting. Um, I think it's the nicest thing to do. I'm sure there's a lot of triggers out there of people like, I could never do that. Well, maybe you're doing that for yourself. If you're keeping them alive and they're, they hate their life, uh, you might rethink it. But yeah, Tootie, Tootie was a dog that couldn't be touched. That's like a cookie that can't be eaten. It was just messed up. But I love Tootie. Tootie was cute and small and tiny, a little teacup poodle, I think. And, uh, even though it was, you know, it, it, even though it looked like it was uh, a windup toy, you know, that just vibrated all the time. I don't know. Uh, but George was my aunt Doris's dog and aunt Doris was a mean old lady. She was my grandmother's wicked older stepsister. And I mean that in every possible way. Um, she has no living relatives that can come back and, and, kill me or, or maim me or hurt me. So I can talk about aunt Doris all I want. Um, I, I kind of liked aunt Doris, uh, because she, well, I liked her to a point because she would talk to me and she would tell me stuff about the past and about her old husband. And, and I don't know, I just liked that, but she was mean. She was a very mean and grouchy lady. And she kept all of her wonder bread bags for some reason. And so when we went to our house, the only thing I could do was stare at them. And I kind of fell in love with the Wonder Bread logo. So I don't know. 
I don't know. That's just bonus content there, right there for you. But she owned a dog named George, and George was, I don't know that he was a dog that you couldn't pet. It was just a dog I never wanted to touch because this dog ate poop. That's right. George ate poop. He ate Tootie's poop. He ate his own poop. And as soon as my little kid brain found that out, I'm like, that dog is nasty. And and it's not a dog I want to touch. Eventually, both dogs died. They died when I was probably six or seven years old, maybe younger. Um, They're in heaven, uh, except for George. All dogs go to heaven, except for George. George goes to the ninth level of dog hell, uh, where poop eaters go. And where my one of my dogs will go. But we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Okay. The next dog I remember off the top of my head is Dingo. Dingo was a German Shepherd. And we owned him for a little while. I don't know where he came from. And I don't know why we got rid of him. But we did. I think it was because Dingo was a German Shepherd. And he was a little bit aggressive. I do remember petting him and running with him. But I also remember being pinned to the ground underneath his paws with his head and teeth over my face. So my, my memory is of wanting to love this dog and him being in a dog house in the backyard and running around and, and just being a cool looking dog. But then I also remember that he was violent and wanted to eat me. Um, so it was still sad though. when my mom announced to us that we were going to give him away and send him somewhere where he could run and play and be happy. Um, I didn't care about any of those things. I cared about how it made me feel, but we went to this people's house and I remember this was in Florida and this is a lot of people's yards is like this are a lot of people's yards are like this. Uh, but this one backed up to a Creek. And so there was a long grass backyard with nothing on it. No, no playground equipment, no swing set, nothing, nothing kid friendly, but I, I could recognize the fact that it was very dog friendly. I remember seeing the long backyard backing up to the Creek and I was like, yeah, she wasn't lying. This is definitely something that the dog will enjoy because dogs are stupid and they enjoy things like a big backyard with nothing uh, in it. Um, and, and the only thing I was worried about was they told us not to go back by the creek because we might drown. But then I was like, well, what about the dog? And no one would really give me a, a straight answer on that. I'm pretty sure we didn't go over there to test the waters uh, to see, so to speak, to see if the dog would be a good fit. Um, I think the decision was made well in advance and the dog, uh, was being given away. All right. So the next animal I remember was, um, a little puppy and he might've been a beagle. I don't know. He was probably a mix of some kind and we probably got him for free. But all I remember about this dog is that one day he ran away. And my mom went to great pains to tell me that to show me uh, the screen door and how it had a hole in the front of the screen door, a little one. And it had some fur attached to the screen door and how she told me that the dog ran away through that little hole and some fuzz from his body obviously got on the edge. And I believed her. It was very sad. It's very sad. I remember being very sad, but I, I don't believe her now. I believe that, that she got rid of that dog because it was high maintenance and a problem. And, uh, and it was a puppy and you know, she couldn't, we couldn't take care of it and all that. I think she got rid of it or she pushed it through that hole. It, it's entirely possible. I wouldn't put it past her. Uh, if my brother David was here, he would probably verify that, that she would do that. But, the dog was gone. Um, the next dog that I remember owning, um, was, I can't remember its name, but it just wandered onto our property. We lived in Yulee, Florida on three and a half acres of land. 
and this uh well yeah gated i mean it was fenced um but the dog was out there and we let the dog in and patches that's what his name was patches patches became our dog it just kind of hung around and it was a good dog it was just an outside dog it was some sort of mix it had hair and stuff you know how dogs have hair and paws and stuff. And I don't remember anything about this dog to right now, except that it eventually started. It, it killed a chicken. We, we had chickens. Okay. Um, and, and it killed one. At least that, that was the, that was the assumption. And my stepdad told us that the dog had to go immediately because once a dog has the taste of chicken in his mouth, he will keep coming back and kill the next one and the next one and the next one. I am 45 years old. I have never verified that claim, but it sounded legit. And it was a very sad thing, but patches. Um, I think they drove somewhere and they dropped him off and then they drove away. So patches kind of went as he came. He, um, he was a wanderer. And I like to think that he's still out there somewhere, just patching it up, thinking about chicken and, and trying to get, trying to get the old days back, you know, the old chicken days. Uh, so patches then shortcut. Okay. Shortcut was a legit, uh, poodle. He was miniature, but not teacup or anything like that. He was, it was big, you know, big as a beagle, I guess. Um, shortcut had. Uh, brown curly hair that had to be trimmed. He lived mostly outside um, because we were, you know, we, we lived in trailers and so they lived, he'd kind of live under the porch kind of deal. Um, we <laughs> shortcut was a great dog. And I don't remember what happened to shortcut. I, I don't remember at all actually uh what did happen to shortcut what did you do folks parents what'd you do to that dog maybe it just died maybe it got bit by a snake i don't know but shortcut was awesome and there was a really funny part in a movie and i don't even remember what movie it is maybe somebody will know when i say this but there was a quote and it was a british kid or something and they said a shortcut Oh, I remember it was on Disney Channel back before Disney Channel was any good. It was when it was on satellite only. And um, it was a British version of Black Beauty, I think. And Black Beauty wanted to go a certain way or, or something. And the, the kid goes, a shortcut, a shortcut, eh? You're crazy. And it that became a thing. We'd be like, hey, shortcut, a shortcut, eh? And... The reason why we called it shortcut, by the way, the dog, because I'm as I'm saying it, it sounds rather rednecky. Um, shortcut the poodle was called that because they had his his uh, tail bobbed or cut off, and uh, dog lovers are are just horrified, by the way, by that kind of stuff and probably everything I'm saying about my my life, but um, uh, of dogs. But anyway, his tail was cut very short. Like, I don't think it matters like pain wise. I'm sure it hurts no matter where you cut a tail. So, you know, don't feel like the dog suffered more than it should have, but, um, it was done very young and very close to the buttocks of the dog. So his name was, just, we, we just named him after that feature of himself, not fluffy, not brownie, not curly, not awesome dog. Uh, just that we also had a pet chicken during this period of time. And I believe shortcut killed her. Maybe that's what happened. Shortcut. Maybe he got a chicken too. Oh, Heidi was awesome. Heidi was the best dog ever. I have to tell you about Heidi. When we raised chickens, my mom hatched eggs in an incubator. And so there was a bunch of little yellow biddies, you know, jumping around and, and one little brown one. And I kid you not, you'd put your hand down in the box that had the light, you know, to keep them warm. Uh, you'd put your hand down in the box and all the little yellow ones would run away and the little brown one would jump up in your hand. 
and we knew she was special. My mom said, and I quote, uh, that chicken is retarded. I don't think so. I think that Heidi was smarter than all the other chickens. I think she was unique and awesome because she didn't have to live with the rest of them. She got to live like a dog underneath the porch. And that doesn't sound like a nice perk, but <laughs> that's way it was. And Heidi would come and sit on your shoulder or, or sit on your arm or sit in your lap and let you pet her and, and look at her. And, and she would follow us around and it was amazing. And, um, I think that's ultimately why we got shortcut because my mom, I remember her saying, John to my stepdad, it's pitiful. These kids need a dog that they've befriended a chicken. I thought it was the best thing in the world. Heidi hands down my favorite pet of all time, other than possibly the fish that I have right now. Cause I, I, I found a fish that doesn't die and he's the perfect pet. He doesn't make any noise. He, uh, he's cheap in, in the big picture and, uh, he's grateful for his food every day, every twice a day. Okay. So, um, Heidi, Heidi, we moved to a different city from the country. We moved to the, a little less country place and a dog ate her. It might've been shortcut. It may not have, but it was sad. It was very sad because Heidi was the best chicken in the world. I don't know how long chickens live. I don't know if she had a great life. Um, but she loved us and we loved Heidi, the brown, little brown chicken hen thing. Okay. So, uh, another dog, his name was Joab and it was named after a character in the Bible for just reasons, uh, Bible reasons. Probably Joab, uh, was free to run wherever he wanted. And we had moved and, uh, we would walk down this road to the bus stop. And Joab would go with us. And one day Joab at the bus stop decided to go out in the road and he got run over by a truck. Um, it was a very disturbing thing to see, but Joab walked away. Um, Joab got a broken leg and Joab had to, uh, have a pin put in his leg and have a, a, a big giant, you know, uh, cast and a cone of shame around his neck and he had to stay in the house and he was not a house trained dog and he didn't have the ability to go out anyway. And so he would poop all in this one room and we, I would have to clean it up and I hated, so I hated Joab and I don't know what happened to Joab. Joab probably got given away. Eventually we don't have a good uh, track record with dogs. Do we? Not a lot of natural deaths happening, uh, you know, long time, long term ownership of of dogs. Okay, so Joab was pretty much unremarkable, other than surviving being literally run over by a pickup truck. Uh, it's pretty impressive because he went in the wheel well and wheel well. Say that three times fast. He went in the wheel well uh, and everything. Um. Let's see. Now we are approaching the time of, of when we had so many dogs that they weren't pets anymore. Uh, but let me go through the ones I remember. Okay. Cause my sister had a poodle and I don't remember her name, but I think it was Missy. That doesn't sound right, but that's what I'm going to call her. And my brother had a dachshund named Doxy. I know that's a very unique name for a dachshund. And the, the my mom, two things happened very quickly. My, my real dad died and then my grandmother died. And my mother decided at the same year that she was going to raise and breed dogs. And so suddenly we went from having two dogs in the house, uh, to no less than 60 dogs. Um, yeah. So they were in the house and, um, not, not great. Uh, some of them were outside, but we cut a hole in the side of the wall so that some of them could get in and stay inside and then go out when they need to go out. And 
They didn't care. They treated it all the same. Um, it, it was not a great experience. It was not something that I enjoyed feeding and watering the dogs. Uh, it, it was malt. Okay. It was Yorkies. Mostly what I remember, right. And eventually Maltese. And, uh, later in life, she got into Persian cats and you know stuff like that. But, um, I, I basically hated them all. I mean, Doxy was fine. Missy was fine, but the, the, the wild ones, the ones that just weren't cared for and were just, you know, breeding stock, uh, hated them, hated them all. I didn't want to feed them. Didn't want to water them. Didn't want to tiptoe around their poop. Uh, it, it was, uh, it was a messed up thing. And, um, it, it smelled bad and made our clothes smell bad. It made our house smell bad. It got to where I would, um, I would put my clothes in a trash bag after I pulled them out of the dryer so that the house smell wouldn't get to them and I could wear them to school and not smell. Um, man, this got dark. <laughs> I could go darker because <laughs> it was not fun. It was not a good experience. Uh, dogs were mistreated and mishandled and, you know, it was just horrifying conditions in the house and outside the house. And, uh, so yeah, I eventually moved out and, uh, swore I would never own a dog in my life. Um, never wanted to have one in the house, never wanted to be close to one. Still this day, not a huge dog fan. Um, but let, let's move along. Let's move along now because the next dog I remember owning was D.O.G. 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 Dog. Do you get it? His name was D.O.G. Okay. Now that that's over, uh, we were in Florida. Uh, we were married, my wife and I. And, uh, D.O.G. was a puppy. He had other puppy brothers and sisters and he lived underneath a trailer and he was belonged to the trailer park mistress. I'll just call her. You know what I'm talking about? There's always a dog in a trailer park. That's she's had 500 litters of puppies. Her, her nips are hanging down to the ground and she's, she's just, she's just, she looks rough. Just a, a good old fashioned white trash dog. <laughs> and that's what this, that was his mom. And I am sorry, D.O.G. that I, that I said that about you. Uh, but D.O.G. was whatever, half, whatever she was and half Weimer on her because he had a beautiful brindle coat. It's like tiger stripes, just micro tiger stripes had these amazing gray eyes. He was uh, a little tiny thing. And then he just grew up into this giant chew monster. And, um, and he was, he was great. We had him and we taught him not to chew on things. Um, we didn't know anything about crate training, so it was, it was fun. We eventually got him trained. Uh, he ate all our bushes in the backyard. He would chew, he chewed up, um, the, the water sprinklers, the, the, the mechanisms. He chewed all the wires off. He chewed our table. He chewed carpet out of, out of an apartment. Um, he chewed and chewed. We got him, uh, it was about this time we, we got him a Kong. I, I think they were relatively new, uh, back then. And we got him a big one and it was $10. And I recall giving it to him, hoping to, this is the answer. They say they're, they're, they're great. They're undestroyable. And uh, I remember sitting on the couch and tossing the thing over to him, and he started gnawing on that thing. And literally within five minutes, it was little red pieces on the floor. And I remember telling my wife, and she still laughs to this day when, when I mention it, that I could have given the dog a $10 bill and it would have lasted as long as the Dagum Kong did. Um, in years to come, they would come out with a black Kong that was supposed to be even stronger, but by then he had run away from home. And yes, 
he had a bad habit. He loved us dearly. You know, he would follow us around the house. He would sleep, you know, he knew to stay out of my office. He was very obedient, very sweet dog. People loved him. He loved other people. He wasn't mean. He was just, you know, just very chewy. But he loved to run away. He did not actually want to live in our house, I think, is the, the ultimate thing. So if you open the door, you had to keep him, at, you know, back. You had to put your leg in the crack and then slide through and close the door. It's just ridiculous. I wouldn't have that now. I'd train him, you know. But back then in my, you know, we were newly married and stupid and didn't know anything. Um, and there were several times that I would have to chase him, chase him around and just uh, get in the car and go look for him. We moved to the inner city for a year, just kind of as a trial thing. We just wanted to experience life in the, in the hood, so to speak. And we rented this uh, little yellow house on a corner and the dog came with us. And uh, there were a couple times he got loose out in the city and you just knew he was going to get hit. Uh, I chased him all the way down to Independence Avenue, which means nothing to you, but it was like the equivalent of three city blocks. And Independence Avenue was very busy in Northeast Kansas City. And uh, I got him. I caught him. Um, and I, I had, he had slipped out of his collar or something because I remember I had to pick him up and carry him all the way up the hill and back to the house. And my wife is laughing and she still will laugh till tears come to her eyes about this to this day. Cause she said that dog looked so happy, so happy. This monster dog being carried by this dude walking down the street. And he just looked absolutely thrilled with his tongue hanging out, smiling from ear to ear, just looking around like life had never been better in the, in the world. Um, and, and then me mad that I think it's the combination of happiness and then me hating him and hating the whole experience that just makes her laugh so hard. Um, eventually we, uh, moved to, to the ca County. I, well, I say, I could say the County. That's what we say here in St. Louis. We moved to the St. We moved to the suburbs of Kansas city and, uh, we got, a, a, a second dog from my mom. She had a, a dachshund. And so we, it was so dang cute. Y'all a little tiny puppy. It was so stinking cute. It was black. It had the Brown underneath it, you know, and all this around his face. And, um, Oh my gosh. Oh, we named him Beckett after Samuel Beckett. Cause we were really, really into uh, quantum leap at the time we were video taping them and trying to collect the entire series on tape. Um, and so Beckett was its name and Beckett grew up to be an idiot. Um, just the, the, the nicest dog friendly, you know, but absolutely untrainable. They say that, that dachshunds are smart, that they're too smart to be trained. And I know that's not true. Uh, because mine was stupid and it untrained Dioji. Uh, cause Beckett would go in a corner and pee and then monster dog would pee and holy crap, holy crap. I will never own a giant dog again because at least when a little dog poops or pees in your house, it is manageable. But when a monster dog pees and it's literally like a half gallon of pee, all over. It's like it becomes a thing. Like you have to go and buy stuff or rent things to take it out of the carpet. Um, it, it was, it was terrible. And, and, and I guess it was just D DOG was, uh, he was just marking his territory and he'd have these monster dumps in the backyard. And, um, I actually, I think it made it on a, 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 a nobody's listening episode back in the day. Um, with my friend, um, oh, I can't remember his name right now, but, uh, that, that I had, I would poop, scoop his poop, put it in this barrel. And, and I, I left the barrel one time a little too long 
and I made the mistake of putting a plastic bag in it and it just turned into this horrible, horrible, horrible concoction with mushrooms growing in it and stuff. But, uh, uh, and I, I buried it. It buried the whole glob in the backyard. It's terrible. It's horrible. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm done with giant dogs, man. Oh, and they're giant poops. I tell you, I don't like dogs. Uh, so anyway, DOG would get out, like I said, and Beckett would follow because any, any space big enough for giant dog, little dog would definitely, you know, get in there. And one fateful day, I, 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 I hated that it happened. Um, because I had recently threatened as a joke because the dog was very annoying because he was getting untrained that I said, you know what? You could go to work and come back and I could have taken him to the pound and told you that he ran away. See the spirit of my mom came on me. Isn't that terrible? That's probably what she did. She took him to the pound and told him to run away. And, and I said, but you would never know. Well, dad gummit. If, if the dog didn't run away, I got back it back. And I went looking for DOG and I, and I seen him and I tried to get him in the car and he ran off and I couldn't, I mean, it was 45 minutes and I couldn't find him. He was just gone. And I finally just got mad and I'm like, dang it. If he doesn't want to live with us, then fine. You know, dad gum. And so I went in the house. Well, Jen comes home. Thank God she sees him. And she chases him and he runs from her. And then we never saw him again. We have a theory that he went down to Mexico and got a job washing dishes. Don't ask us why that's our theory, but we like to think that he's still living well. He's down there just washing dishes and enjoying life. Even though it's been a long time and I don't think he would still be alive. He is. He's still alive and he's in Mexico washing dishes. Okay, um, but thank God my wife's seen him because if she had not, she would have believed that I had taken him to the pound for the rest of our marriage, and it might have put an unnecessary strain on the marriage. Beckett, I believe, was given back to my mom. Or, I don't know, what happened to Beckett? What happened to Beckett? Beckett was not compatible with our life. I think my mom ended up taking him back. Yeah. Well, so he lived a good life somewhere. I promise you that we didn't take him to the pound or anything. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. So that's, that's our dogs, uh, up until current day. I swore I'd never have another dog after those dogs, but then I had children and children need a dog. It's just a, fundamental belief that I've had drilled into me my whole life. Um, otherwise they'll end up playing with chickens and, and that can't happen. That's just not healthy apparently for, for young children. So my mom still breeds dogs. Um, a lot less of them than she used to like we're talking six instead of 60. And, um, she was kind enough to give us a, uh, a Shih Tzu. And a little, a little boy. And we went and picked him up when he was a baby and brought him home. And, uh, he is still with us and he is only five years old. So he's, he's still in the prime of life and he is a good dog. Generally speaking, um, he poops outside. He pees outside. He tells us when he needs to go out. He doesn't chew up things. He doesn't bark. He's very chill. Just very chill. Um, loves people. Um, sleeps most of the time. Not real active. Loves walks. Um, loves sleeping on blankets, like fleece blankets especially. And my son has a spot for him on the foot of his bed. A fleece blanket folded over itself. So that the dog can sleep there. He doesn't know that as soon as he falls asleep, the dog two times him and comes downstairs to find out if there's any food or anything. Um, 
His name, by the way, is uh, is Moffat, and named for Stephen Moffat, one of the greatest writers of uh, in uh, Doctor Who history, uh, in my opinion, at least, at least modern times. Moffat is stupid. He's very stupid, and I don't mean that as a mean thing. I mean it as in he is a he just doesn't know a lot of things about how to be a dog properly. Uh, but he's a good dog. Um, like, okay. So we did a test on the dog. There's supposed to be a test and I don't remember all the parts, but one of them, I remember two of the three tests that you run on your dog to check its intelligence. And one of them is you show them an item that they want, maybe a treat. And then you put it under a cup and hide it. And a smart dog knows to move the cup and get the treat. A dumb dog just thinks that, you know, it's disappeared. Well, guess which one my dog does still to this day. He thinks it's disappeared. He thinks it's a magic trick. He thinks that as soon as he can't see it, it is gone. And he starts looking not around the cup. He doesn't start sniffing around the cup. He starts looking around himself, like over his shoulder, like somehow the snack just maybe, maybe it, maybe it just went around him somehow. Maybe he blinked a little too long and that snack traveled around the bend uh, just over his shoulder because dogs have shoulders. Uh, so, yeah, he failed that test. He's, he's dumb. And the second test is you throw a blanket over the dog and see how long it takes them to get out of the blanket. And um, so we're like, oh, OK, OK. I didn't have high hopes for him. But I figured he'd get out eventually. You know, he could count the seconds or whatever. So we flap out the blanket and lay it over him. And you can see his bump, you know, in the middle of the blanket. And his head, his head bump just kind of turns to the left. And his head bump kind of turns to the right. And then he straightens out. And then he just accepts his fate. And he just goes down and lays down underneath the blanket. And he just doesn't move. He never even tried to get out. He's just like, okay, this is my life now. All right. And he was fine with it. So he eventually did make it out from under the blanket to his credit. Um, not that he had anything to do with it. We just took it off him because we didn't want him to suffocate or anything. Uh, but yeah, my, my son says that he put a towel on him the other day and that he did get out from under the towel. So, uh, but I will be honest with you when he told me that he was downstairs and the dog was upstairs actively, apparently under the towel. And I got worried. I, I, I got worried that the dog was going to die before, <laughs> like it was dying because I had no faith that the dog would be able to get out from under a towel. So that's Moffat Moffat, the dog. Um, recently we went back to Florida and we got another dog from my mom. Apparently one of her, she, she does, she does Maltese and, uh, Shih Tzus. And apparently one of the Maltese got with one of the Shih Tzus and they had, a, had some babies. And, uh, so we, we got one of those and her name is Leia, um, short for princess Leia. And she is, um, the bane of my existence. She, uh, is, is only a few months old. She's still in her chewing phase. She still pees and poops in the house. She's up there right now. And she's, she's probably chewing up something. I, I, I've, I can't leave her in the crate all day long. I, I feel, I hate dogs and I feel bad leaving the dog in the crate just cause that's what you're supposed to do. Right when you're training them, you take them in, take them out of the crate. You, you put them outside, you walk them around, wait till they pee or poop, you bring them inside, play with them a little bit and then put them back, you put them back. I can't sit with her all day and I feel bad and I get this attitude like, well, if she pees in the house, whatever, I'll just clean it up. I, I can't, I can't stress over this all day. And so she's up there right now. Plus she'll bark. I can't podcast with, with a stupid little rat dog in a, in a, in a cage, uh, in the next room. Can't do it. Um, 
Soleil is on my bad list, but Doge, he, oh, that's what we call a Moffat, by the way, is Doge. Uh, Doge was, he was on my bad list until Leia came along. I didn't realize how good I had it. Doge was, was just a puker. Okay. He's fine. Uh, he eats too fast. So we have to, oh, oh, I'm starting to fall out of love with this dog even more. Okay. So here's some Moffat facts. Moffat's an idiot. He, he can't get out from under a blanket and he eats so fast that he could kill himself eating. Um, we used to feed him dry dog food and he would get constipated and not be able to poop. And I being raised with a bunch of dogs knew some basic vet stuff because you have to, you can't take them to the vet every time they're messed up. So I would, I would grease his poop shoot for him. Okay. I'll just lay it out like that. And, um, I would help him. I, I knew how to empty his anal sacs and stuff like that. So I would, I would give him checkups and help him out. But eventually we started giving him pumpkin, uh, mixing it in with his food. But then after that, he wouldn't go back to dry food. So we went to wet food and we went to cheap wet food and it made his butt red, like, cause the colors in the stuff. So, this is very recently, like is in the last three or four months, I finally settled on science diet and I get it in the mail and I get f like five months at a time or something. It's, it's not cheap food, but he, he loves it so much though that he would eat it in five seconds and it's, it's great for his digestion. He's, he's doing wonderful. It, it's apparently really good for his breed and all this kind of stuff. And it irks me that I have to spend money like that on, because uh, he was eating Imes before. I mean, it's not like it was bad. It wasn't like it was subpar dog food. But uh, he'll he'll choke it down. And there's this thing called bloat that that if they woof it down, they'll swallow all this air, and it gets in their intestines, and they they turn into like a balloon animal inside their guts or something. I don't know, but I don't want the dog to die. You know, I say I hate dogs, but I, I, what my childhood and, and being raised that period of time with all those dogs, they made me hate dogs, but they also put a strong dog should not suffer thing in me. You see what I'm saying? Like they're a pain in the butt and I don't like them. And they're, they represent poop and pee to me with fur and, and they just constantly have needs and blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't get a lot of companionship out of my animals, but my family does. And, but, but there is no one in the house that cares more for these dogs. I, I groom them. I, um, I, I feed them. I make sure that they're fed the right amount at the right times. I take them out. I, you know, my, my family walks them and my, my son washes them. But other than that, if there's some, I take them to the vet, you know, I do all the stuff. Because I don't want the dogs to suffer. I hate them, but I don't really hate them. Because my mom said hating means you want to murder them. I, okay, I hate them. But I don't want them to die painfully. <laughs> I want them to, to die of old age as soon as possible. How about that? Um, okay, so Moffat, to feed him now, we he gets a half a can of food in the morning, half a can of food at night. We have to, I was hand feeding the dog with a spoon. Okay. Hating the whole process. Here I am dog hater extraordinaire and I'm spoon feeding a dog. There's nothing worse in life than that. I felt like a foot washer in the Bible. You know, they always said the lowest servant had to wash the feet of the people that came in the houses in, in the culture. I felt like that. So we, we came up with a plan though. And so now what we have to do every time we feed him, he has a plate, a plate of food, not a bowl, a plate. We put half can of a thing in the middle and we put wax paper over that. And I take a real dinner plate and I squish it down because I was spreading it by hand with a, with, with a, with a knife. Because I read that if you spread it like peanut butter around on the plate, that he would have to lick it up and, and, that would also work his jaws and help him, you know, his teeth and blah, blah, blah. But it would slow him down. But then I came up with the idea of the wax paper and the pressing the, um, 
the plate and it spreads it out. It looks like a giant nasty hamburger. I take it to the corner. He does three, two to three revolutions. He flips around and, and does spins because he's so excited about his food. And it literally slowed it down from what would have been 15 seconds to about seven minutes that he has to, to work at getting that food off that plate. That, that's why I say dogs are stupid because he would eat so fast. If we let him, that he would kill himself. That's a stupid animal. Um, tiny on the other hand, which is the nickname for Leia. Tiny is just bad. She's puppy. She's bad. She's getting better. She will tell us once in a while when she needs to go out. But if we're not available, she has no problem Popping a squat right there, wherever she goes. By the way, Moffat's a dude. I think I said that. Leia's a little girl. Um, she's too young to have fixed yet, but we are going to get her fixed because I would never want her to have an offspring. Never. Um, she has an underbite or overbite. What do you call it? Underbite. Where the, where the lower jaw sticks out. So she looks like she's tough a little bit. Um, I, I, I take care of her and, uh, Let's see. Yeah, I don't want her to stay in the pen forever. So I I kind of let her out. And she eats stuff, man. She chewed up our basket that, that kept all our blankets. She, my wife tells me, James, you got to go around like I do with the kids and you have to pick up and close doors and you have to pick up this stuff and put away that. And all. I can't think like this dog. This dog will find things to eat and tear up that I've never thought possible. Not shoes and stuff, thankfully, not furniture, but she started gnawing on the baseboards in our house, on the corners, just gnawing the freak out of them. And you don't even know. And you come upstairs and there's just all this sawdust. And you're like, what the heck? What's been going on? You've been doing a little word woodwork, huh? And so I'm going to paint over it and it won't be noticeable. But why, why, how do you, how do you catch them and, you know, pop them on the nose or whatever you're supposed to do? Um, then, then, okay. She tells me to put stuff away. I can't put baseboards away and I can't leave her in the dang pen all the time. I feel bad. I feel like she's suffering. She hates it down there. Um, and then, and then she's got this thing where she'll get up on the couch and I put the mail on the back of the couch and she she gets the mail she eats the mail she will open the mail and eat the envelopes leave the contents on the couch and envelopes everywhere uh so i don't know i i can't predict what this dog's gonna do after this show is over when i'm done recording which is going to be any minute now i'm gonna go upstairs and i have no idea what i'm gonna find i have no idea she might have, uh, I'm just going to guess. I'm going to guess that today she just slept and maybe pooped on the rug. Maybe she did. Maybe she found time to do that, but I don't know, but she's smart. She is a smart dog. She's a lot smarter and a lot more active. She's very loving. She wants to be around you. You can't even sit on the couch without her jumping up and wanting to just cuddle right next to you. And I'll tell you, I got to admit, it pulls on the old heartstrings because this is what dogs are supposed to be like. Moffat, he could care less. He just lives there. He takes up space. He's like a Roomba. Um, he just You just see him walking around and he's just doing his thing. And that's fine. I love that. I love that about him, that he's not really excitable and stuff. This dog barks at neighbors, um, you know, won't go pee when there's somebody walking around uh, outside because she's so busy trying to scare them off with her tiny self and her tiny little wimpy bark. So she's more dog like. So jumping and running and plays fetch and is every bit of dog. And and by the way, that's why I got her. You say, James, you ate dogs. Why'd you get another dog? Stupid. And I'll say this because I believed in my heart that my. <laughs> My dog was so dumb and so useless that it was a cat. Now, cat people, you're going to hate me. But <laughs> Ron Swanson said any dog less than 
what did you say, 15 pounds is a cat and cats are useless. And that's what Doge does, man. He, he lays around, he skulks around, he eats weird, he hacks up and pukes on the back uh, porch sometimes. It, it, it's just, he, he's a cat, okay? He, he, he can take you or leave you. He'll come to you when he wants to be petted. And then when he's done, he got he gets down and leaves. He's a cat. He's a daggum cat. But I believed so much that my dog was not dog enough for my family. And somehow in my head, my mom's thing rang true. Again, that these these kids need a dog. That I said, you know what? I'm gonna get a, a real dog for my kids. And that's why we got Leia. And daggum it, she is a real dog. She's chewing up everything, she's jumping around everywhere, she's pooping on everything. And she's, she's getting there. She is learning, but it's, uh, it's, it's been a long curve and now you're caught up, you're caught up and you know, my stance on dogs, you know, a lot more about me, uh, and, and, and how I feel about animals in general and why I love my fish so much. It's not even my fish. I've just kind of claimed them. Jay won the fish back in August at a carnival. And I, I didn't want the fish to die. See, I, I don't like animals, but I don't want them to suffer. So I went out and we spent $12 on a starter cage, uh, cage uh, tank, a one, a one gallon tank. And, and then I started feeling bad for the fish being in the one gallon tank. I went and bought a 10 gallon tank for this daggum 33 cent carnival fish. And, and now he's got gravel. He's got a filter. He's got lights. And I feed him twice a day and he's just so happy and he's, he, he's silent. He, he plays in his bubbles. He, he makes little oop oop noises. He's great. He's the best pet ever. And if, if he, I've heard that carnival fish can live like the record was 44 years or something like that. So this fish may outlive me. Um, but if it gets really big. I'm going to cook him and eat him. I've decided. Um, so I, I like him and all, but if he gets real big, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to eat him. <laughs> so if that makes me a horrible person, then so be it. But he's a fish. <laughs> fish are for eating. So uh, if you're a patron supporter, maybe I'll invite you to the house and we- <laughs> We can eat the fish. I'm joking. Okay. But maybe, maybe I'm not. <laughs> oh, well, that's it for this show. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned something and, um, I hope that you take care of your animals or just never have them in the first place. That would probably be best. I, I, my life would be simpler without animals. That's for dang sure. But uh, right now it's just me and them during the day, you know, and, and their pain. Maybe I'll, I meant to tell you stories about the dogs more than I meant to tell you about my history of dogs. So next time I talk about dogs, maybe, maybe I'll just have a collection of stories about how stupid they are. Even when they're, they're, they're brilliant. They're, they're still stupid and, uh, and that's okay. So anyway, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for your support patrons. We appreciate you. Uh, Talk to you next time. Peace.